Hey guys, Tom Ulrich and Sean Quigley here from the podcast What's Going On Here? You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And to get in touch with us, uh, just go to our Facebook page and leave a message or email us at what's going on here podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, guys. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, back to another episode of What's Going On Here. My name is Tomo Lovrick, also known as T-Love. And with me, as usual, is the man of the hour, the Tower of Power, as I've said before. Uh, the young Disney star, if you will, of theater <laughs> and home movies as well. Uh, he is the one and the only... The beloved by many, known by all, the Sean Quigley, aka the Quig. Wow, thank you. That is wow. I the Disney. That's 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 something there. That's a real, that's a real honor to you know to be associated with Disney. Oh well, how how could it not be? Um, not only that, ladies and gentlemen, let me just point out that pretty soon. Give five, ten years, and Sean's going to be like the face of Disney. That's that's (laughs) that's just without a doubt. I'll yeah, I'll be the. the the bad guy, <laughs> yeah, that's right. The evil, because of course everyone knows a really evil guy can only speak with a British accent. Exactly, as we and I mean you can get very posh with your accent, can't you? Oh, I, I, I yes, I can well, try. I said posh, not <laughs> retarded. <laughs> <laughs> well, the two kind of go hand in hand in Britain. The posh you are, the more kind of like inbreeding there is. Okay, because I was gonna say it sounds like you had a stroke. I don't know how posh that. Oh yes, my <laughs> father's 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 mother is my sister. Nice. <laughs> so I see the English countryside is much like the American countryside. Yes. Very good. All right, excellent. <laughs> well, folks, welcome back to another episode. And as usual, for those of you who don't know, what we do here and what's going on here is we try to watch a TV show or a movie that few people or any have ever heard of. <laughs> And then we watch the middle 20 minutes of the episode or said movie and try to figure out what's going on here. At the same time, also, we review uh, beers, preferably local if we can. If not, sometimes recommendations come in and we try non-local beers. Uh, Last time we tried the Duclaw Sweet Baby Jesus, Mm -hmm. the porter, the chocolate peanut butter porter. Um, That was from Maryland, so not quite local. But you know what? Close enough. I mean, four-hour drive, that's not bad. And uh, local eateries. So today, uh, we are reviewing the Turkish TV show, Love Me As I Am. And that, I believe, they said had like 89 episodes. Yes. So, it lasted a while. For all I know, it's still filming. Because it was 2013. So, Mm -hmm. it actually might still be going on. If it started in 2013, 89 episodes. It may be. It may be. But, we don't know. Um... And our food uh, eatery that we're reviewing today is one that we've eaten at before called the Italian Connection Deli from Dumont, New Jersey, 54 Shore Avenue in Dumont, New Jersey. And we're still keeping in with the whole football season finger foods that you would eat while watching a football game. So today we actually kind of got a bit of a smorgasbord. So we ordered the mozzarella sticks, the fried ravioli, and pepperoni stuffed bread, which we had. And our brew, which we will get into post-haste, is called Hetty and Topper. 
Or is it Hetty Topper? Is this an it's just Hetty Topper. Is it just Hetty Topper? Yeah. I'm like, what is this like little symbol here? It's It looks like a, you know, ampersand, but it's not. No, that's just their, um, I think that's just the brewery's like symbol. Oh, oh, so they're like Elven or Dwarven or whatever they are? Yeah. Okay, well, all right. So it's Hetty Topper by The Alchemist from Waterbury, Vermont. And this is a double India Pale Ale. And it's 8% by volume with 100 IBU. And um, from, from the background that we've learned of this, this is supposedly a very um, exclusive or a very well-received, I should say, beer. You know what? I'm going to zoom in with the, with the camera so we get a good shot of, of our uh, 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 beer that we're having. Let's see. There. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 there we go. Don't disrupt the artist in his work. Don't disrupt the artist. Yeah, sorry. This is like a lot of dead air. How awful. There's nothing but... better in a podcast than someone <laughs> setting air. up a shot in silence. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course it is. If you just uh, hold there for a second. Just, uh... Uh, just quiet. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm checking the flash, please. Hold your positions. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So let's crack open the heady topper. And, ooh, this is for our listening audience. The satisfying sound of a 16-ounce can. Oh, that sounds good. That sounds good, my this, friend. The internet is a big fan of this beer. This is it's all over the place. I was actually, um, any of you who happen to be uh, uh, Disney fans, I uh, the Disney play I'm in currently, yes. the Beauty and the Beast, this was the young lady playing uh, the Beauty, Belle, who lives in Vermont, Actually, uh, she she got the, these beers for me. She sent her husband queuing for them because they're very exclusive. They only come out every now and again. Then there's a big rush queuing for them. Um, and she got them because she said it was great. And I looked up on the internet and the internet is saying it's like best beer in the world. It's like top five beers in the world. It's huge, oh, crazy beer. Okay. Well, you know what? So we'll Let's see. try and see what we think. All right. Cheers, my friend. I'm very curious. All right. Here we go, folks. Another moment of silence while we're drinking. So mm-hmm. mind your business and get a drink. All right. Here we go. Okay. Yeah, and it says actually on the can, it's a 16 ounce can, and it's a nice design, it's a simple silver and black, and it says on the can, drink from the can, drink from the can, like with exclamation points. Mm. So I drank from the can, (laughs) and um, I think it's IPA, it's a Mm. bit hoppy, Mm -hmm. it's light. It's a nice beer. I don't think I would put it in the top five beers I've ever tasted. No. No. No, I don't understand. I, I, yeah, no. I mean, it's a nice, again, it's a nice beer. And if, I always fall back on this because it's the situation that I'm trying to think of. If I was at a barbecue or a party and this was the only beer there, I'd be perfectly fine with that. I would not be upset about it at all. But, um... I guess it's, it's, you know what it is? This is one of those things that I've talked about with, with some of my other friends before. When people build up like a movie that you've seen or mm-hmm. anything, and it's like, oh, it's amazing. This For me, it was when um, Monsters, Inc. came out. Uh-huh. And people were like, it's the best movie. It's heart-wrenching. It's this and that. And I was just like, my expectations got built up so much that when I saw the movie and I went to the theater to see it, I was like, oh, well, it was a nice movie, but... 
Uh, the same one actually even more so because I didn't I actually saw it fairly early on was Frozen oh yeah and the way everyone went apeshit for it I was just like uh, I don't get it I, I mean still to this day I don't get it you know Idina Menzel sings it's like okay that's very nice and Kristen Bell sings and that's very nice but uh, I don't see I, I, well I guess it's the kids are going nuts for it so I can't put myself in the mind of a kid nowadays but I just didn't see it. Mm -hmm. You know, like when Aladdin came out, I was like, oh my God, this was amazing. You know, oh, yeah. the animation was just out of this world. The music was lovely. I actually went to see Aladdin because at the time I was, uh, uh, I got a fine arts minor. So, and I was into computers. So like the computer animation, I really just loved. And I actually went to see it twice in the theater. It's like one of maybe a handful of movies that I actually went to see twice. Yeah. And so I thought that was like fantastic. I'm sure most people be like, oh, well, what's the big deal? It's just a fucking Disney cartoon. But I mean, I, I'm the guy now with Frozen. Like, well, what's the big deal? It's, you know, it's a Disney cartoon show. I'll let it, you know, I'll let the kids watch it. I'm, I'm fine with that. But it's just like, uh, I've never seen it. I'm not that interested in it really. Like, it's, it's not particularly interesting. No, I didn't. I saw Moana, which actually I liked a lot. Moana, I actually, I yes. visually was really gorgeous. It was gorgeous, And yes. I thought it was interesting. The environment was nice. All the yes. sea. and Yes. I liked, because you're not used to seeing all that Polynesia. Yes, 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 yes. I, th I liked that. And the music was nice. And the characters. That was a good film. I enjoyed Mo that. Moana, actually, right. That's, really, that's a good example. I enjoyed Moana better than Frozen. Mm. I did. And I'm sure people will tell me I'm crazy. But I really, and like Let It Go, it was like the only real song that was memorable. And people yeah. were post posting stuff on Facebook and all over, like, singing to let it go. And I was just like, <laughs> you kind of want to, well, let it go. It's really not that good. <laughs> Do you want to build a snowman? <laughs> I really don't. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Thank you, Sean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... it's and the beer's... Like I said, it's a nice beer. I, I'd enjoy it at a party, but... Uh, is, I, mean, I don't understand the hullabaloo about it. No, I mean, I mean, there's a potency to this stuff because I, I had so I got a four pack and I it was after a show and I'd had a very busy week. And I was looking forward to drinking beer and I got home and I had three of the things <laughs> on my own just watching TV. Right, and like you know that three bit. I mean, it's pint cans and three pints, whatever. Late at night. But I, I, um, I, I was like, okay, I'm feeling pretty good. Pretty good. And the next day, pretty much the rest of the day. I had like just that like horrible, just I mean I didn't hang over, but it was that horrible like taste in my throat uh, for like, the whole day. Dehydrated, like, like oh, that's dry sandpaper. Like, oh, that's why you got to drink a lot of water, my friend. Yeah, and everything because it's so hoppy. Everything it just tasted hoppy. like hops yeah, for a whole yeah. day. Yeah, I was like, oh. that's that's my issue with the overly hoppy uh, beers. Like people, I was like, oh, the, the more hops, the better. I'm like, no. Mm. Because, like you said, it's like the next day it feels like you're like chewing on a broom all night. <laughs> yeah. It's it's just. <laughs> I can tell from your reaction, you feel the same. <laughs> yeah, I did, I did, and that's why maybe this is the best way to enjoy this beer is just half a pint of it. It's, 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 it's good. I mean, yeah, it's a good beer, but yeah, I wouldn't top. No, I wouldn't even think it's the top five. I mean, we've done twenty episodes. And I don't think it's even the top five no. of the 20... No, well, no, this no. is the 21st episode. Puerto Rico is way better. Oh, I love Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. In fact, Puerto Rico is probably our best 
rated one. Yeah, that was my favorite. I mean, I love Puerto Rico. I wish I could say I could remember all the beers we've tried. That was my, but my reaction when Emily got this to me was like, "Oh, I'm going to try and find Puerto Rico for her to give her some." But then uh, I don't think I can now. I don't think they. No, they, it's it's a um, it's a what you would call it uh, seasonal. Yeah, they kind of. Mm do it late summer oddly enough because it's a porter but i mean yeah. it's such a nice it's such a light beer for a porter too mm-hmm. that was a thing it's a late summer beer i think they do but i mean uh the sun-kissed citra ipa by jersey girl brewing that we did mm-hmm. that was i thought that one was as good if not better you know mm-hmm. um trying to see what else we've done oh the river horse summer blonde but again I guess people say like, oh, well, that's a Blondale and this is an IPA. I'm, I'm not too concerned about like comparing apples to oranges because we're sampling beer. Because, you know, even mm. if we like we, ciders or even mead for that matter, it's just like it's a drink that we're tasting. And yeah, it's overall as opposed to like the various categories. So, I mean, I'm not disappointed, but I just don't see the big deal. Mm. Let's go. We should review mead in the future. That's a good. Uh... I actually speaking of that, my um, uh, uh, after the show yesterday. Um, <clears throat> for those of you who don't know, I'm in a production of Rhinoceros up in Riverdale in the Bronx. After the show, I had an improv show with my uh, improv troupe, uh, and uh, or the improv troupe that I'm part of. I shouldn't say my like I organized it or <laughs> anything, but and the, my friend came to see the show first, Rhinoceros. And then he met me in the city and we had dinner. And somebody actually gave him some, some big wig from his company. He found him, my friend keeps bees. Oh, uh, yeah. And the honey is just, out of, you've never tasted honey like this. It tastes like, you taste the honey and it tastes like wildflowers, like in a meadow. I mean, it, it re, you can really like taste the flowers. Mm-hmm. It, it's just this amazing, amazing, amazing honey. And um, apparently this big wig guy like found out that, my friend uh, uh, Simon uh, keeps bees, and he was like, "Oh, I made some mead. Here, try some mead." So Simon brought the mead down, and it was interesting. First of all, gorgeous, lovely honey color, and I've never had mead before, so I was like looking forward to it. So we went to a burger joint down on Twenty Third Schnippers, I think was the name of it, and um, had a burger, which was delicious, by the way. Um, and then we poured ourselves the meat, and it was okay. They were okay with it. It was like a BYOB, even though they were selling beers and things there. And so he brings out the bottle. It's a clear glass bottle. It's like, oh, this is it's gorgeous. Let's try it. And at first you try it, and the first thing that you pick up is like sweet. Mm. Like that's the first thing. And then this little bitterness came in, mm. and it was kind of, it was almost like it was hops. Mm. And apparently the guy said he used two different kinds of yeast, including champagne yeast, mm. like to make the mead. And then, but then afterwards, like once this, you got to like sip four and five, it just kind of disappeared, and you like could taste the honey, and it's yeah. a little bit effervescent, not too carbonated or anything, and it was just really nice. And then like, and even had a half a bottle. Of, I guess it was like a pint and a half. Actually, no, it was probably like two pints worth, or, or mm. maybe not quite. And we had it. And next thing you know, we're both like, "Hey, this stuff got." Quite a kick. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we were just like, we started laughing. It was like, obviously, it was like, yeah, this is obvious. It was really, really just good, good it's stuff. It's like a honey wine. It's like a strong honey wine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really nice. So, we, I, I mean, I really enjoy, I mean, 
he he went home, but uh, I went and did a show, so I enjoyed myself at the show because you know I was all like on a on a meat buzz, but you know it was very nice. It was I I really enjoyed it. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, again, good beer, but yeah, I don't know. It's kind of like yeah, it's just, uh, the, the overall taste for me, I, I can't get past this. It's just, just a very it's very hoppy, but it almost like it really it, the whole thing. So pungent. It's like for me, it's like uh, it's like weed beer. The whole thing kind of just tastes like a whole mouthful of hash to me. <laughs> okay, I'm not getting that, but you know, <laughs> that's me. I just I don't know. I get that sometimes with IPAs and the hops. It's like I get very similar. I miss the smell. There's a similar smell like to the there's like the hemp plant and the hop. I don't know, but the whole thing is just very. I mean, when we had the hops and dreams from the elementary, mm-hmm. I put that up against this. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. like I said, I'm not disappointed. This is all really sounding harsh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's, it's not meant to be harsh. It's just, again, it's the buildup and you're just like, oh, this is really, let, let me try it. And it's like, oh. I think drinking culture comes into it a lot as well because, like, I know what the drinking culture is in Vermont. But in American general, in craft beer, at least, you know, the, the, the idea of that you have like one beer, you know, you try a few different, but you sample beers or you have one fancy beer. And like, oh, it's but I get in England, my, the, I think a beer and the culture of beer in England is you go to a pub and you have like six pints of beer. Right. And you sit there and you make a thing of it. So, and you can't do that with a lot of these beers. No. This because... is not fit into that routine. So like, when I'm thinking of a good beer, I'm thinking about a beer that I can have quite a lot of. Right, 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 right. And, you know, it doesn't ruin my night. Yeah, and this, yeah, 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 yeah. Whereas, whereas this, like I said, I had three of them and I was like, whoa. So, <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're right. It's It's... With the craft beers, it's really you. You really kind of have to take care, especially with the uh, uh, ABVs and and all of that. But I mean, I think a really good craft beer is always and and we've we we've encountered this a lot with the elementary guys. It's a it's a heavy beer, but it's not heavy. You know, mm-hmm. like it's a stout or it's a porter or it's something, and it actually has quite a bit of kick. But you're drinking it, and it's like you don't feel, you don't taste that it's a heavy beer. You the, yeah, they have a very and I wonder I wonder how much of that comes from the fact that how fresh it is. That's know, that's a good how, point. How that's a fair point. We are yeah, and the freshness. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like maybe some of that easy drinking comes from the fact that it's so fresh. So for, I, I you you could be right there because yeah I mean they're literally like 15 minutes away if that you know mm-hmm. and we can go there every weekend and and, and get fresh beer. So I mean, it could be that. It was like a thing, like like a, you know, like an IPA. You stick it in a can and have it sitting on a shelf or whatever you do, and that stuff. I feel like it just keeps fermenting and getting stronger, and like, Whoa. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Well, well like I said, good beer. Uh, not what it's what I would think is. Uh, excuse me, not what I think would I think would be like one of the top five beers I've ever had. No, I'm thinking, uh, and then once I noticed one of those reviews, this was way back from like 2004, Beer Advocate gave it like a, he said it was the fifth best beer in the world, and you have like 100 rating. This was like 2004, but it's when you Google it, it's one of the first things that comes up. And I guess in that time, 2004, then yeah, because I remember when I first had my first IPA 
like proper American style IPA because we have IPAs in England, but they're very different. Mm. Um, <clears throat> the first like, American, you know, IPA was Sierra Nevada, okay. just the standard Sierra Nevada right, pale right, right. ale. Yeah. And I had that, I guess, five years ago. Okay, that was the first time I had a proper IPA like that, and that changed my palate completely. It changed my taste for beer. That one beer, right? I right, remember right, thinking right. like, wow. This is the new best beer in the world. What is this? <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> so maybe this had that effect. Maybe this is, you know, but now there's so many of them. Yeah. That it's yeah. just so hard to. Yeah. Well, it's not only, <laughs> I mean, even years ago, I remember I went on a tour of the uh, River Horse Brewery while they were still in Lambertville. And the guy there that was giving the tour, he was saying, I, I, I forget how, what the, con- the conversation con- uh, came about to like growing hops. And I was saying like, oh yeah, it's a, it's, and and I remember turning to Annie. I said, we should probably grow hops. And he kind of overheard it. I I it didn't I didn't mean for it to like be loud enough to to for everyone to hear. And he turned to me and he was like, you 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 will make a pretty penny if you grow hops hmm. because like br- brewers are running out of hops. And this was like, I want to say like eight nine years ago. You know, before like there was a yeah. brewery almost in every freaking town everywhere. You know, so I can only imagine what the shortage is now for for brewers to get hops. So, mm, yeah. So, all right. Well, now back to the main uh, part of the show, which is well, let who are we kidding? The main part of the show is the beer always, mm. but we we gotta we gotta do our work. We you know this yeah. is kind of our job to figure out these shows, and this show is called. Love Me As I Am. And this is a Turkish TV show, 89 episodes. And it looked from the description of the title, which was um, Rich College Boy Omer Meets Lower Class College Girl. And I forget what her name was on the thing. And then basically shenanigans ensue. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not what was written in the description, but that was kind of the idea. So we watched the first episode. We got to the middle 20 minutes and we started watching it. And the scene opens up with a fairly young woman talking pretty, uh, talking with another woman that doesn't look to be old enough to be her mom. And I think we determined that that was maybe her sister-in-law. And there's something very... And the sister-in-law, who was a much heavier woman, but she's talking to her in a disapproving manner. Like the young woman was in the bedroom and she had like a, a suitcase, you know, suitcase with the wheels and whatever. And she was, um, it looked like she was packing stuff up and they're going back and forth. And the heavier woman, the sister, let's call it a sister-in-law, was very disapproving of whatever the decision was that the younger woman was doing or saying or wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And now, of course, this is in Turkish. We have the subtitles off, so we have no idea what they're saying. And then... A guy comes in, right? It was there. They didn't switch, or did they switch to the two women on the couch before uh, oh, I don't know. the first mustache walked in? This is so boring. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to be straight up with this, guys, from the off. This was so boring. This show for me, <laughs> it, I, it, it, it really was so was. difficult. And then you explaining it, it's like, oh my god, not again! <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm having to relive it. I'm like looking at the window, like, is it that much of a drop? Do you think I could survive? <laughs> <laughs> you just want to bail on this episode. <laughs> well, we thought it was a comedy, and mm. you're absolutely right. So it goes from it goes to Two women on a couch talking. And again, 
they were kind of like, they weren't that far apart in years that it would be mother-daughter. It was almost like older sister, younger sister, or older friend, younger friend, whatever. Yeah. And the, the house is done very Ikea, big, old, big place. Well, mm. no, the first one wasn't a big place. That was obvious. It was a little bedroom. But this one is like they were, the women were dressed fancier. They're in a big place. And they're chatting back and forth like in this Ikea-looking living room. And that makes sense because they looked, you know, Western. They looked white. Which I guess that's the signal of the fact that they had more money. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They looked a lot more Western European than Turkish. Correct. Yeah. And, um, and then we go back to our, I guess, ingenue, our main uh, uh, actress. And a guy comes home and the sister-in-law meets the guy. And so this is our assumption that this is the brother. He's all happy to see the young girl. He gives her a big hug. And he's got, and, and you rightly pointed out, you were like, that is a hell of a Turkish mustache. And it was. This was like, <laughs> there was, if you just like had like a zoom in with a telescope or binoculars, you would not see any skin under that. That was so oh, thick, yeah. like just masculine, like, oh, like, I wish my mustache was nearly as thick as this dude's mustache was. It was like, mm. you know, Mexican bandits looked at that mustache and said, fuck, I need a better mustache. I mean, it was just... It, you could hide a mustache under that mustache. Yeah. It looked like that would be the mustache a mustache would use to hide itself. Yes. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> so anyway, so we're assuming this is the brother. He's talking. And then all of a sudden, the young woman says, and she has like a monologue going in her head because they do the, the little echoey conversation in her head, which you thought it was somebody in the closet, but I thought it was somebody in, the, in her bag or in her suitcase. <laughs> And, and she's saying stuff, and then she said something to the brother, and then the sister-in-law all of a sudden seemed very approving. Mm. And then the brother seemed kind of disappointed, and I, I, and I think it was kind of like, no, she's not here to stay, she's here to uh, um, just to stop by and say hi, she's going to stay someplace, she already has a place to stay. And the sister-in-law is all approving, and it was very funny because like, uh, um, it's interesting you picked all this up because, as far as I'm concerned, they were just they were just comparing analysis of the shipping forecast. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> Every conversation was just about shipping forecast. Hey, listen again, <laughs> I'm the play-by-play guy. You're the color analyst. It's my job to figure out what's going on. So, so, um, the 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 young girl gives the sister-in-law a goodbye kiss, but it's very, like, obviously, like, forced and fake. And then when the sister-in-law leaves, she definitely gives her, like, this very shady look, like, yeah, you're in your place kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then we cut back to the two wealthy women talking in the apartment, and they're talking in the living room again. And then it cuts back to the other apartment with the young woman and the sister-in-law. And they're talking some more again. And there's a lot of, in this particular scene, there's a lot of um, um, uh, inner monologue going on with the, with the young woman. Yeah. And then they go back to the wealthy women talking. And now they're talking in the kitchen. And it's a very much an Ikea-looking kitchen. I mean, mm. it looks like you're going through the showroom at Ikea. I mean, between, yeah. between the <clears> living room <throat> and the kitchen and all that. Big, but not, no, not tiny, but big, spacious apartment and everything. And then it goes back to the um, young woman's brother's place. And she's getting ready to go. She packs her stuff. And she's got this little pink suitcase on wheels, you know, and the whole nine. 
and he's obviously offering to go with her. And then some inner monologue goes off, and she's like, no, obviously saying, no, 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 don't worry about it, I'm good, I'm fine, you just stay home, relax, you know, you had a long day at work, whatever she's saying. And then intermittently, we see one guy who's developing pictures in, like, a dark room, a young guy, and it's pictures of our young woman friend. Mm -hmm. And he's, like, fascinated, and the music kind of changes, and we both commented that the, like, the, the score of the was fun. It was very Turkish sounding, and it was kind of, like, upbeat, and we're both kind of, like, bobbing our heads a little bit while we're yeah. watching this. Like, it's, like, really, like, hey, I want to kind of, like, where's the belly dancer coming in? You know, yeah. it's, it's, <laughs> it, 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 it's nice music. And then I turn to Sean and I say, oh, is this romantic or creepy? <laughs> and Sean rightly points out, like, no, it's creepy. It's the digital age. Any guy that's developing film in the digital age is creepy. <laughs> so I kind of agreed with him because, yeah, when was the last time you had to develop film? I mean, seriously, I, I, it's been more than 15 years at this point, hasn't it? Uh, oh, yeah, easily. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they go from him now back to our uh, hero, the young lady. And now she's in, like, a cafe somewhere. And I'm not sure. I, I'm guessing it's supposed to be Ankara? I guess so. Or, or Istanbul. A big city somewhere in Turkey. Don't know which one, but a big city. And she's just in, like, a coffee house, tea house, whatever it is. I mean, she's in a Turkish restaurant, but she's, as I say, it's in Turkey. It's so in Turkey, it's so just it's just a, a restaurant. restaurant. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so she's sitting there with her suitcase. And then they go back to the two wealthy women, and someone rings the doorbell, and the younger of the two is all excited, and so is actually the older one, and she opens up the door, and it's just this scruffy guy, who I think, good call on your behalf, you called him Turkish Bob Dylan. He looked like, and not like a, this, you know, Bob Dylan today, but like, you know, the 60s Bob Dylan with hair everywhere, and you just yeah. like... You it know, was Bob Dylan. Right. It was, it was Bob, Bob Dylan. Yeah, Dylan. 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 With Bob Dylan. Um, with, with, with the umlaut over the A. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> yeah. And he literally, he had a leather jacket and boots. And he, lo he looked like he was going to be a tough guy. But he was shorter than, like, both women, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, not that being short wouldn't necessarily make him tough. But it was just kind of like the physical impression was like, Because eh, he had, like, a leather jacket on and, like, it looked like motorcycle boots on, and it was just like, mm. okay. So, and it looked, see, this is where we we, we didn't agree on, like, who's, who's who there. Was he the younger woman's, the younger, wealthier woman's boyfriend? I think he was the boyfriend. Uh, from, the, from the interaction. I guess, yeah, I think so. I think she was the younger woman's boyfriend, because I think, well, let me get... The rest of the 20 minutes we saw in there. And after that, they go back again to the scene in the cafe with the young woman. And the waiter keeps trying to, like, refresh her cup of tea. But she's not letting it go. And this is one of those cultural things. See, in the U.S., when you have something like that, you're having tea, coffee, soda, whatever. More or less, and most of the time, it's a free refill. Mm. So they'll just come and refresh it for you and you'll just get like tea to, you know, yeah. you got to go to the bathroom every five minutes or soda or coffee or whatever. Whereas in the European countries, and Turkey probably the same thing, mm -hmm. if he's to refresh this tea, 
she probably gets charged. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Right. So that's why she's holding on to this cold-ass tea. And she's yeah. like, no, 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 I'm not. And like she's barely sipped it. Like, she's barely touched it. She's obviously waiting for somebody in the, in the tea house, cafe, restaurant, whatever it is. And then they have, and this goes back and forth a couple of times with the waiter trying to refresh it. And every time she's like, go away. I don't need another tea. Um, and then they go to Bob Dylan and the younger wealthy woman walking into the dark room where the guy was developing the photos. Mm. And this was that was the confusing one. I think the two of them, the younger wealthy woman and the guy developing photos are friends that have known each other a long time. Because obviously Bob Dylan's her boyfriend. They brought it over to wealthy guy in developing rooms parents house which is a huge huge house mm -hmm. you see like obviously very wealthy a lot of money and she sees the pictures that he's developing of our girl waiting in the cafe and she's obviously showing signs of jealousy and <laughs> Sean is enthralled <laughs> with my playback here because he's yawning his ass off yeah it's just putting me to sleep this is whew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, this is one of the, I, I guess. With I, it's it, it was kind of what I guess. See, this is difficult. The, the other Turkish show we've seen was Subat. Yeah, and Subat had shit going on mm. that was interesting, at least. Yes, it was kind of disjointed and all over the place, but it was interesting, and we kind of got an idea of what was going on. But mm. at the same time, like, he was supposed to be super-powered, and we saw none of it. Yeah. So that was confusing. And this was similarly done. It was just, like, going back and forth from these scenes, and all that was happening in these scenes were people were just talking. Yeah. Like, the only unusual thing was the young girl's inner monologue. Yeah. And it was just the most... It was just, like, scene shot one, scene shot two, scene shot one, yeah. scene shot two. It, it's like one. in Turkey, a pilot for a TV show. It's like in order to like for to convince someone to buy the series, <laughs> it's not that it needs to be good or do anything. It's, it's just they need to prove that they <laughs> they have cameras and actors. <laughs> That's like the only point of a pilot. It's like yes, they have a script and actors and cameras. We shall commission. <laughs> yes, it's we like, will oh. take your show and put it on. We'll put this back to back with Subat. <laughs> right, right. Uh, Finally, yeah. Subat has competition. <laughs> a second show in Turkey. A second show. <laughs> 79 episodes and nobody knows what's going on. Yeah, it was just really. Now, in the defense of the TV show, the production value was actually very good. Uh, I mean, the lighting was good, you know, the yeah, camera yeah. work was good. Oh, yeah, when you compare it to some of these god awful things. Oh, seen. yeah, I, I, I keep <laughs> coming back to Unriddled. And that camera work was so shoddy, and the sound was awful, and Ugh. I was just like, yeah. Nothing like Love Through the Millennia 2. Love Through the Millennia 2 was just like, oh, yeah. It, it literally looked, between those two, like, Chinese shows, it looked like there was like 40 years of television development. <laughs> and I think they were like three years apart, maybe, if that. Yeah. It, yeah, so this one, like, in terms of production value, it was good. You know, the sound was good. They had the nice, like we said, the uh, the uh, a, a, a score underneath was really good. And But I'd be damned if I know what the fuck was going on. Because, so, so, so to go further on from there, and 
Well, I guess it was odd. I think the values are different. I think people's values, like cultural values, make a big difference on the entertainment and what they find entertaining. Yes. For us, this is boring as shit because nothing is happening. Nothing is Whereas happening. in Turkey, a world where legitimately like marriage and people being together and like family is a huge, a huge deal. Yeah. That's everything. Right. So for them, like the idea of two families, different backgrounds. Very different backgrounds. Maybe they're going to get it. Classes, maybe something's going to happen. Yeah. This is dramatic. People on the edge of the seat. Whereas for us, we're like, what the fuck? Nothing's happening. What is this? <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. This, um, I guess, is culturally speaking, and I mean, we could be way off base here because what the hell do we know? We've never lived in yeah. Turkey, right? Uh, and I don't have any Turkish friends, so I couldn't ask anybody for, for this. But, um, and if somebody hears us, if you're from Turkey, tell us the significance of it because yeah. I mean, I'm not being facetious, like, I'd really like to know, like, are we just being assholes? <laughs> Probably, because we're just like <laughs> trying to make people laugh. So most of the time, we are being assholes. Yeah. But, uh, but I mean, it, like you said, is it is is it that much culturally different? Because, yeah, it's like it would be. Uh, my guess is this in Turkey now, and this is the comparison I wanted to make, would be like having a show about an interracial couple on TV in the U.S. in like 1960. Hmm. Or 1959. Yeah. And like, which never would have happened because half the country would have freaking freaked out, <clears> right? <throat> yeah. So probably closer to like the mid to later 60s if they had something like that. Mm -hmm. Which eventually they got into with the Jeffersons, you know, because uh, 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 the Willises were um, an interracial couple. But yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I think it's, it's, uh, it's fascinating. But here's the thing, though. If they want, and, and, and this is the question I guess in my mind, who at Netflix sees this and finds it entertaining? <laughs> I don't. I just. Don't, I don't think they do. I feel like it just gets to a point with Netflix where they're like, I mean, I don't know how the business model works, like with advertising or something. I feel like they literally just have a quota of like, we need six new things from Turkey. <laughs> Find us anything. We found eight. <laughs> well. Uh, 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 we already have a soccer show, Club the Cuervos. We don't need a yeah, Turkish soccer show. Yeah. <laughs> Just, I, yeah. That, that's the one that kills you. It's like, what? But I mean, this is actually a little bit worrisome. Now, I guess we might have to switch to like Amazon and Hulu because yeah. all these other studios now are going to start. Like, I think Netflix is kind of going to be unchanged. For another two years, I think it's a 2019, mm -hmm. and then like all the studios are like pulling their shit from Netflix. Yeah, because you know they're giving stuff to Netflix, and it's I guess the standard licensing fee. But Netflix is still making a killing yeah. because they're charging people what twelve, thirteen, whatever it is, dollars a month to watch. If you want, till your eyes bleed, basically, yeah. and then the studios are just like, why are we giving you know Sony Studios? Why are we giving Netflix like our shit? Why don't we just set up our own shit? We could buy a bunch of freaking servers and stick them in a building somewhere. Everything's digital. You know, we don't even need a lot of storage space, you know? I, I predict already that's not going to work. I think there's going to be a backlash there. I think Netflix is going to win. Why? Uh, I think it's going to be a backlash of people like Disney or, right. or, and other studios who are doing that. Right. They're going to be like, let's have our own streaming service. And I think they will just, their viewership will just drop. It'll plummet. I I think people will not 
You think people Netflix, are too savvy. You basically think Netflix is already too ingrained in everybody's... No, I think people are not going to want to pay. I think the sort of people who've decided they don't want to have to pay $100 a month for cable or whatever, and that just are on Netflix. I think there's so many people now that just have Netflix or whatever. Right. I don't think these people are going to be tricked into, into having... Four, five, six different accounts with different streaming services that are all charging fifteen dollars a month. No, no, no. I don't think they are. I think they might try a few free trials. Yeah. I think these new ones, like the Disney one, I think they would get a bunch of free trials and then everyone just dropping out. Yeah. And be like, nope. And Netflix won't change. They'll have the same amount of people. People won't leave Netflix and the others, and then just going to crumble because they won't be able to compete. I think they're too late to the dance. I think if they got into it five years ago, maybe. Yes. I think at this yeah. point, they're too big. I think it's like Amazon or anything. You know, that's, that's an excellent point. I think you're right. I think if they got in when like Netflix was like $7.99 a month, mm. that might have worked. Yeah. But I think you're right. It's like, why would I pay Netflix for whatever it is? $12 a month. Disney, $12 a month. Fox, $12 a month. Uh, uh, um, Sony, $12 a month. You know, it's like Paramount, $12. All of these, it's like, why am I paying everybody? It's like having cable all over again. Yeah, yeah. I don't think... Well, I think realistically, the best hope is like what Hulu do now, where they have these add-ons, for like an extra couple of dollars, you can get Showtime. Like they have Hulu, and then they have like, for an extra $2 a month, you get all the Showtime stuff. Right. An extra $3 a month, you get Showtime and HBO. And yeah, an extra $4 yeah, 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 a month, you get yeah, yeah. Eight, Showtime, HBO, and, you but, know, but stars. Hulu, but Hulu, again, is a different model. And, I mean, I, if you ask me, that was clever of Hulu. Mm. Hulu went the Netflix route, but they were like, okay, unlike Netflix, you don't have to wait till, you know, February 2018 to see the new season of whatever, Will and Grace, you know, yeah. uh, because we'll have it for you tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's like, we'll have it for you tomorrow. You could watch our, our stuff tomorrow. You don't have to wait, you know. And But, I mean, it's also why, like, the cable companies, and, and so they all have the on-demand stuff. It's like, there's a reason why... Game of Thrones is never on Netflix mm-hmm. or Hulu or Amazon. Yeah, HBO is not going to give that up. Why would they give that up? No, you know, or or uh, what's the other one? Westworld. Why why would they give that up? Oh yeah, these are TV shows that everybody talks about. HBO have their own one, which is clever. They have their own streaming service, HBO Go. But and the only way you can you get it for free if you're already paying for HBO, or you can pay. It's like fifteen bucks a month, right? And then you get their streaming service, right? Which, yeah, it works. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, but but you know, right? So, I mean, HBO has been in the business for a long, long time, mm. and they've always kind of like, you know, followed the beat of their own drums. Mm. And so, there, whoever is in charge is clever enough to go through with it, like you said, with the HBO Go and things like that. Um, and I think you're right. I think it'll be more like that. Like I, my guess is Amazon, Hulu, and Netflix will probably remain unchanged, particularly Amazon, because Amazon basically has the stuff where you know. You don't have to pay a service, but, you know, you want to rent, I don't know, uh, uh, the latest Transformer movie, whichever one it is. Mm. Pay me three bucks. Here. You can watch it for two days. Which is like the old way that you might be too young, but in the U.S. at least, that's how you used to rent VH video Yeah, no, that's how I used yeah, like, to. It was like you paid $2.15 and you got the video and you had to watch it in two days. Yeah. And then you gave it back. Yeah, and so it's it, it, it's like oh, okay, you know, so they have just like different little tweaks, but then again because of the subscriptions and they have their own shows, you know, Amazon has a bunch of good shows on there, um, Hulu has a bunch of good shows. I mean, the path on Hulu is a fantastic show, um, and Netflix has its own shows, you know, the various shows. 
And I think you're right. I think like at this point, Netflix has gotten mm. uh, uh, so big and has made so much money now that they could just, you're right. Just like, okay, you guys take your shit. We, we still have enough of our own content. Yeah, I think they're going to just, I think they're, I think the way they're doing it is just, I mean, they have the most money at them and they just, I think once they really start throwing their money around, I think they're going to, already they're doing with Scorsese's nice movie they've got and, you know, uh, all the TV series. If They just need to like hit a few more big names. They managed to get, especially, and this is another one of my predictions, with the um, with the now, with the Weinstein thing oh, happening. Boy. I think Netflix are going to jump straight on that on the back of the fact what they're doing with Scorsese and giving them all the money to do Irishman, if they were clever, I'd go to Tarantino. I'd be like, Tarantino, bang, here's, you know, $100 million. There you go, bang, from that Make a movie, yeah. Make, make, sign, a, sign a deal like Adam Sandler did where you, yeah, you can make, do your you next develop four, a bunch films of four films yeah, right. with Netflix. Forget right. about the Weinstein Company because they're going to get sold, probably bought by Netflix anyway. <laughs> or, 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 even, or even better, just follow the HBO method, which they followed a few times develop a whole new TV show for me. Mm. You know, it's like I mean, Game of Thrones, especially when you offer these guys something, nobody wants to get tied into like a, you know, soap opera and it's like 15 years. But like, you do a Breaking Bad, which was what, five seasons, six seasons, you know? Mm. It's like, do, you know, I mean, if they followed, you know, uh, 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 Vincent Vega and, 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 uh, and Jules, uh, I forget Sam Jackson's character's name. Yeah, Jules Winfield. If they did like you know a TV show, Vincent Vega and Jules Winfield coming up like five years, and they end the TV I mean, show right be before great. Pulp Fiction. It wouldn't. That's never gonna happen. It would be great though. But Tarantino is one of the last bastions of kind of like um, credibility in his movies. Like he doesn't, and he's always been on that. Like he's not a sequel guy, apart from Kill Bill. Which was purposely done as a two part. Right. He's not a sequel. He doesn't like revit, you know, he's like. Right, right, right. Kind of precious about his things. It's one of the reasons I really like Tarantino. Like, each of his films, they have a very similar vibe, but they're all very different. You know, he likes to create characters and then let go of them and just be like, boom. Right, right. Get rid right. of that. So I don't think he'd ever get to that point. No, I, I don't. But, I mean, it could be anybody. It doesn't have to be Tarantino. You know, it could be uh, Ron Howard. It could be whoever, mm. you know, Spielberg even. But, you know, I'm, I guess Spielberg is going to mistakenly do like all the other studios do and want to do their own streaming service at, uh, what is it, uh, SKG. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Is it SKG? Is that what the studio's called? I forget now. No, DreamWorks. Yeah, DreamWorks uh, SKG. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, who knows? Well, have you seen Blade Runner, by the way? The new one? Yeah. I have not. No, no you should. I, I intend to. I intend to. I actually, I actually uh, uh, watched the old one again to remind myself because mm-hmm. I literally haven't seen it since it came out in the movies. Oh, wow. Yes. So that's why I was like, and the one that I saw was the director's cut, which is different than the one in the movies. Oh, yeah. The one in the movies is the worst one. The yeah. actual cut is a piece of crap. Director's <laughs> cut is good and the final cut is the best one. And then the final cut is the one that I saw. The, oh. the final cut, not the director's cut, the final cut, because the final cut is the one where he just finds the unicorn at the end, yeah, and they get in the elevator and it's done. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the one that I saw yeah. because I was just like, wait a minute, because again, last time I saw it was in the movies, so thirty-five years ago, memory's a little fuzzy, you yeah. know. And I was just like, what happened to the part with the scene and the car? And oh, okay, yeah, that's why it's this is the final cut. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. they because they literally for that they used uh, extra footage of oh crap, what was it? 
Uh, Some other the movie. Shining. The Shining. <laughs> right, The Shining. It was yeah. like, oh my god. It was like, I'm surprised Ridley Scott even wanted to work with the studio again after yeah. that. That's, it's such, I mean, but hey, I mean, look what happened in these studios. Harvey Weinstein. It was like, yeah, yeah, as long as we're making money, we don't care. We'll do whatever the fuck we want. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I, well, yeah. Anyway, Blade Runner, it, excellent. That sequel was so good. That was a very that, good That's film. what I'm hearing, and I'm worried that it's going to be like this beer. No. Where it's going to be such a build-up, and I'm going to watch it, and I'm going to go, eh. No, I don't think you will. I don't think you could. It's eh. so good. Just sitting in, in, in the fact that it's a massive flop, like it's failed. It's a huge box office. Commercially? Flop. Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, it's bombed. Okay. Absolutely bombed. Which I like, though. Okay, well, um, well, I all I'm gonna say is I am looking forward to it because it does look good. I like Ryan Gosling, love Harrison Ford, so I am looking forward to it. Yeah, I. Yeah, it's it, good. You should watch it. it. It bombed, but that's good. I like that it bombs because that makes me think it's. Uh, it has a chance it has a chance it's weeding out the idiots it's weeding out the scum and then only the good people get to watch it that's how I want my Hollywood to be I want it to be I want them to give us all the money in the world to make all that great art house movies that are thought provoking and, and artistically brilliant and uh, and all the fat cats lose all their money and all the idiots go home sad and that's <laughs> never gonna the perfect happen. world <laughs> never, never gonna happen <laughs> But you know, it, it, actually, I'm glad you brought that up because it's the whole thing with like the indie film scene, right? Mm. And and what uh, the Sundance Film Festival was originally, and it's supposed to be, you know, the indie film, yeah, indie film, indie film. And what was it that won the Oscar? Uh, Moonlight, you know. I didn't watch it yet, but supposedly great movie, all that won the Oscar, obviously. And it's like, oh, it's an indie film, and they only had a million dollar budget. How's a fucking million dollar budget only, first of all? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, but I guess I guess compared to, like, these other things that are dropping, like, a quarter billion dollars on them and whatever else, you know, 200 million, it's like, I guess, but, I mean, still, at a million dollars, how is that independent? Yeah, that doesn't, to me, Because who has a million dollars to just kind of give away? Yeah, I mean, it needs to be back in the day. If you made an indie film, you made the film by going to your parents... Getting a small loan. You're right, right. Going right. to maybe like your friend who's producing it with you, their parents, and then raising some money from like a local uh, your car credit wash cards. Yeah, yeah, credit yeah, cards. Yeah, yeah. And in between like quirks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then between you, maybe you scrape together like fifty grand. Right, right, right. And like you that's what you have. Yeah, yeah. Like if you were really successful, you, you raised like two hundred and fifty grand yeah. to, to to like shoot your movie, you know. I mean, because even like and I think people forget that. Um when Pulp Fiction came out, it was such a low-budget flick. Mm. Like, John Travolta got 250 grand for that or something like that. 260 grand. Yeah. Which I think, like, probably because of SAG rules or whatever, might have been, like, the minimum he could take mm. for the movie. Um, I'm sure they can work out other deals because I know, like, th- similarly, now I don't know, don't know if it was, like, low-budget to, to make it or whatever, but I know... That for Forrest Gump, they couldn't meet Tom Hanks' salary requirements. And he was kind of like, forget the salary. I'll take the cut of the profit. It was either for Forrest Gump or Toy Story. I, I, I might be mixing the movies up. But it was just like, we can't pay you what, like, what yeah. you should be, be getting paid according to the, to the union. So, 
they do stuff like that. I mean, look what Pulp Fiction did for freaking Tarantino, you know? Oh, yeah. Which was, I mean, brilliant, so. No, this, yeah. I'm, um, I'm all for these sorts of films. More of these sorts of films would be, would be, uh, would be good. Enough of that crap. Enough of the boring. I don't need another, I don't need Parts of the Caribbean 18. No. I don't it, need Transformers I, again. I don't need no, any of this. No, no. I, I, I mean, I was very sad that they even did a third Pirates. Because mm. I thought the first one was fantastic. It was brilliant. I yeah, thought, I enjoyed that. I thought Johnny Depp's character was just really great. You know, he, he really... That's what it was like. Because he loves to play the quirky characters. That's easily... To me, that's like head and head with Edward Scissor's hands. You know, even though as Edward Scissor's hands, he didn't have anything to say. I thought yeah. in terms of character work... That was just awesome. I, yeah. I really enjoyed it. I mean, he was likable in the Pirates. He was likable, yet such a scoundrel and an SOB. Mm-hmm. And you never knew if you could trust him. And it was just like, perfect. Yes, he's a pirate. You don't know at all, ever, if yeah. you could turn your back on this guy. And I thought it was great. And I thought the second one was good. I thought they did a good job with it. And then they did the third one. And I was just like, yeah. yeah I'm, Leave well enough alone. It's all for now. Now it's just... I mean, I'm, I have hopes for Johnny Depp. Hopefully, he'll come back. He uh, he's in the new, which looks very good. Uh, Murder on the Orient Express. Oh, I've been seeing some stuff about that. Yeah, that does look good. With Kenneth Branagh directing, right? Um, and starring in. And he got himself into the freaking new uh, J.K. Rowling trilogy too, which I did not see coming. Oh yes, of course he did. Yeah, 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 yeah. The um, He's, he's, he's Fantastic Beasts. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the, the baddie. Yeah, yeah. Sorry yeah. if people haven't seen it and we just ruined it for you. We, well, I mean, yeah, I guess. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, you fuck off. Yeah, get lost. <laughs> I mean, Harry Potter, of all the things, like, if you haven't seen the last Harry Potter film from, like, a year ago, <laughs> then you're, you've got to be, you're nowhere near a fan because those people are crazy. <laughs> they are crazy. Nerd alert. Nerd mm. alert. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That... <laughs> That is actually the last film I saw twice in the movie theatre. Okay. And that's just because I have both super nerdy friends and then my wife is wanted to see it. Wanted to see it. Yeah, and yeah. is also basically a nerd. <laughs> but not nerdy enough to really appreciate Blade Runner. No. But well, nerdy so enough. She's, to, she's like book nerds, so. Uh, awful. Whatever. Books, yeah. Who needs books? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so let's summarize our Love Me As I Am because it was so enthralling. You're still bored yawning over it. So, um, so yeah, they just kept going back and forth. And then the younger of the two rich women goes with the Turkish Bob Dylan to the rich guy who's developing films, his house. Mm. And uh, her and Bob Dylan are talking to the rich guy's dad while the mom is like helping the rich young guy put on clothes. And the girl is still waiting in a Turkish restaurant. And it's just going back and forth between them. And Bob Dylan is saying something that's like, obviously not, he's not supposed to share. Because the young, because the rich young girl keeps kicking him like under the table for saying it. Oh yeah. And he just doesn't take the hint because he keeps saying it again. Because she like literally kicks him she, like three she times. Doesn't, yeah, but she doesn't get the point of kicking someone under a table though. Because she kicks him under the table and immediately like reacts with her upper body like facing him. Doing the like... <laughs> like while they're facing the person they're talking to, the, right. the thing. It's like, what's the point of kicking him in the leg if you're just going to turn your whole body to him and go, mm, <laughs> right. and then do it again the next time, even bigger. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what? what? <laughs> What's happening? Right. Wink. It's, wink. Right. It's so obvious that it's it's confusing. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are you doing? Why are you kicking me? <laughs> it's very confusing. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and that was that was the twenty minutes. It was literally just twenty minutes of conversation in. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five scenes. They split five scene shots mm. across twenty minutes of conversation, and it was like twenty across twenty minutes, and it was all conversation. It, the most exciting thing was him hanging up the freaking pictures. Yeah, it, it from the basis of this, I feel like I don't know much about Turkish culture or Turkey. I feel like I could go to Turkey and like make. Become a millionaire being a mime. (laughs) (laughs) I feel I would be the next David Blaine by just wandering around the streets of Turkey pretending I'm in a glass box. It would be like, (gasps) (gasps) (laughs) I can totally picture the quig. Chestnut in my hand. (laughs) Where did it go while the crumbs are falling out of your mouth and you're chewing it? Yeah. Yeah. I think that, yeah. Yeah, the storytelling is weird. I mean, we didn't know what the fuck was going on in Subat. We really don't know what the fuck is going on here. But, I mean, something was going on in Subat. I mean, there were a lot of... Th- there were a lot of quirky things in Subat, especially... Still my favorite thing I've seen yet in all mm. the TV shows we watch is the fucking corpse being dropped off the bridge, yeah. lands in front of him, and he looks at it like a leaf just rolled over his toe and yeah. just goes in like nothing. No reaction whatsoever. Uh, yeah, I mean... Th- this show is on. This is like maybe did like Turkish like grandparents watch this sort of stuff. I don't know. May, well, I mean, it's obviously been popular because there's like eighty nine freaking episodes, dude. It's like Murder She Wrote. It's like imagine what it'd be like to watch Murder She Wrote if I didn't speak English and I was just watching Angela Lansbury just walking around in people's houses talking. Let me tell you something. My wife's been watching it. Just not, she hasn't been watching it. She'll put on. Um, I forget. What, I guess the Hallmark Channel is like rerunning them or whatever. She, they have these like uh, 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 quirky mysteries, mm. like that 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 for whatever reason attracts a female uh, readership, and they've made movies out of a bunch of the popular. Se- they made t- not movies, TV shows out of a bunch of popular series out of them. Uh-huh. And my wife watches them, Annie watches them, and she says they're fun. They're kind of like brain candy. Yeah, you don't really have to pay too much attention, and occasionally there's a really nice twist, and it's like ooh. And it's all very gentle, and there's not a lot of gore, and there's not a lot of, you know, like, you're going to get a stroke if, if your blood pressure goes any higher kind of stuff or anything. And then afterwards, they have the reruns of Murder, She Wrote. Uh, hmm. And it's been on, like I said. And meanwhile, you know, it's on the TV, and she's playing Sudoku or reading a book or something. Yeah. And then I'll go on the computer, and I'll, like, do whatever I'm doing and, like, listen to the TV and watch. And the acting is so bad. So bad. Mm. And I can't imagine, like, you know, just doing the acting today and going to these things and seeing these little, like, shoestring productions that we see where literally, like, for $800 people put on a show and everybody's, like, working for free. And the acting caliber on some of these, like, kids and grown and older people and whatever. And it's just so good. And then this was what they were shooting. I'm like, who were the casting directors? Yeah. And then it occurs to me, oh... It's the 80s and the 90s. They're all snorting coke. They could not see their freaking <laughs> fingers. And I, I, there's no other explanation to me. Yeah. Like, the acting was so bad. 
you know, the sitcoms was one thing because the sitcoms was like, oh, it's silly and goofy and whatever, you know, then so it would have like good writing. But the quote unquote like crime drama, like Murder She Wrote, just terrible. Mm -hmm. It was, t it literally, <laughs> it literally looks like, like we talked about Exeter, like let's just give a frat house $12 yeah. million and shoot a movie. This looked like they gave it to like high schoolers. Let's shoot a movie. My and guess it's like, is it's like pre, there's like pre-union rules somewhere. Because well, I've seen things like that before. I think like it must, there's some sort of loophole or something somewhere where these people just are not being paid. Or they get paid like nothing. And there's just somehow they're making this with like no. And, and it was like, and I mean, you know, all respect to Angela Lansbury. Mm. And you, she would do as much as she could. But it wasn't even so much the acting. The writing was just horrific. Yeah. You know, it's just one of those, like, like we talked about with, like, the Luke Cage. Great show until the middle of it, and then it just kind of fell off the face of the earth. Mm. And it was like, well, it's, he's not a bad actor. He's just a victim of the writing. Because, mm. like, the writing was just like, well, did everybody go on vacation? What the hell happened? And I think this is the case, too, in those TV shows. Like, the writing is so, so bad. And it seems like back then... All the best writers were just doing comedies. Yeah. And nobody was doing like... Now I know ER back then was like super popular and whatever else. And there was a few like drama shows that were popular. Well, they used to write a lot as well. I used to... I, I think I remember hearing that. That the like TV writing, write TV back in... Nowadays it's more of a thing where like, you know, you write for TV and you can write... You can be a successful TV writer uh -huh. and write like two episodes a year. Like you write like two TV episodes. You like an, an episode of Westworld and like an episode of like, you know, Game of Thrones. Right. You write that in a year two episodes and you'll make like five hundred thousand dollars yeah you know and you're set you try two episodes but back then in those days that like syndicated tv where the money was made after you filmed everything right, right, right. literally these writers would be writing 12 episodes a week and not for just one show <laughs> for like six shows they're like they literally wrote like they were just having to constantly write and they were like freelance to a certain degree yeah, yeah, yeah where they would yeah, send yeah. out the specs for the story arcs for shows to mm. all this writing team and they're like this is what basically what would happen or have like a bidding war but like you will write like faux uh, scripts everyone writes scripts and then they just bid off like bid them down 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 to the lowest amount right. until someone is willing to take $200 for a script they'd be like well, okay we're together set your script and that's how they used to do those back in the days those old long running shows yeah. in like the 60s and 70s yeah, 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 yeah they literally cut their teeth by writing they were like, I've forgotten who the story is. It was one guy who broke into industry writing an episode of like, you know, the Honeymoons or something when he was like 16. Wow. And like, and literally sent it into the studio and they were like, great, we'll give you a hundred bucks. Right, right, And they were right, like, right. he was like, yeah. Yeah. And like, they used it. Well, <laughs> they, they, they were doing that. I think they did it fairly recently too, but I know they were doing that well into it because uh, what's his face? One day they had um, Star Trek The Next Generation on. Mm. Um, and the guy, Rick Berman, I think was the producer. And I saw an interview with him, and he said, like, he, he was like, they were like, what about the scripts? He was like, I'd buy scripts from people all the time. He said, yeah. I bought a script from a seventh grader. <laughs> so some kid in the seventh grade wrote a script, and he bought it. And, like, I, I, I don't know if he said that they actually produced the show, but mm -hmm. he bought the script. And I think what happens a lot of times, the production houses or the studios, um, they just buy these scripts when they're good. Yeah. And they don't necessarily make them. They just sit in their freaking, uh, uh, what you would call it filing box somewhere in an office somewhere and somebody comes across it and they're like what is this because it's yeah 
And not only that, I mean, it's just the whole Ghost Rider thing. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, you know, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon wrote uh, and won Oscars for the screenplay for Good Will Hunting. Mm -hmm. You know they didn't write that. (laughs) And I'll tell you how you know they didn't write that. They never wrote anything again. Yeah. You know, they probably had the initial idea, and then it probably went through 20 Ghost Riders until they came to an Oscar-winning script. Mm -hmm. And which is fine. Well, Harvey Weinstein. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Which is fine because, you know... It's an Oscar-winning script, so what happens is they get all the credits, they go home with the golden statues, but you know these other guys get paid, and they they're never acknowledged as writers of this script, hmm. except for maybe some interior, you know, memo. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I think that stuff goes on a lot. I think it's very. I mean, a lot. Yeah, about the buying scripts that happens, a lot. especially in Hollywood now, like with um, so competitive movies, will spend years sitting on people's desks. Yep. And they'll, they'll buy the scripts and they'll like, boom, and it sits on the little, whether they call refer to it as the blacklist or whatever, of all these films that were, had these amazing scripts that people were bidding on and buying, and they just bought it just because the other studio was going to buy it. And that happens all the time where they're like, oh, Universal are going to pay uh, uh, $20 million for this script. And like, what is it? I don't know. We haven't read it. Well, bid 30. <laughs> <Right>. Okay. <laughs> and then they buy it. They never read it. It sits on the desk for 10 years. And then all of a sudden they're like, well, we need a vehicle for the new Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck's really cold. We need something for him. What do we do? Uh, let's look, get the book of the old scripts out. Yep. And he picks that. He's like, oh, that one we bought for $30 million 20 years ago. That one. is like, he wants to do that. Okay, we'll do that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, in, yeah. Jesus. Well, all right. So, so yeah, love me as I am. I, I'm sorry to say I cannot love me as I am, as I can, because... And those, those 20 minutes really showed me nothing. And I don't know if this was just because it was the first episode and it was the pilot, but it was an hour and a half. That should be show. the best episode. The, the pilot should be the one with all the stuff in it, shouldn't it? Yes. And, I mean, right. And in the middle of the episode, we should at least be, we should at least be, if not at the climax, we should be at the point of no return. Yeah. There should be a hook somewhere. Right. We should be pa- right. We should be we should be long past the hook yeah. already because <laughs> we're like thirty. Right. Because we watched from the thirty fifth minute to the fifty fifth minute. The hook should have happened like before the thirty fifth minute. Mm-hmm. And like I said, getting halfway to it, we should be at past the point of no return. Yeah. So now it's just a build up to the climax. Shenanigans ensue. Resolution. Right. I didn't see any point of no return. As far as I can tell from that story, she could have gone back to her brothers. No big deal. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I mean, if you ask me what's going on here, it's just a bunch of people talking, and it's not very fucking important, and I'm not very interested in knowing what the hell happened. What do you think happened? What do you think is going on here? Or, or I'm sorry, I'm, I'm being neglectful here. I'm neglecting our food and our drink grades before we finish up with that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, let's go with the food grades. We had, from the Italian connection, mozzarella sticks, fried ravioli, and pepperoni stuffed bread. Now, this is a tough one because we had three different ones, but we're going for football viewing finger foods. What did you think, young Mr. Quigley? Um, The mozzarella sticks were mozzarella sticks. Okay. Pretty standard mozzarella sticks. If they were on their own, I'd give them like a, I don't know, three out of five. Right. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. They were standard. Um, Yep. The fried ravioli, pretty similar. Again, fried ravioli is probably hard if it's not fresh. It's kind of hard to get it good. It kind of dries up a bit. So, yeah. again, probably about a three out of five for that. Fair. 
But the, the um, pepperoni stuffed bread was very good. I've not had that before. I've had similar things, but I've okay. had that before. Okay. That was very nice. Okay. That was good. The bread was really nice. The cheese was good. The pepperoni and like all win-wins. Pepperoni stuffed bread, like for me, it was like a 4.4 out of 5. I really enjoyed wow, that. Wow. Okay. I really enjoyed that. Um, okay. So, so, so let's, let's average that out. You had a 3, a 3, and a 4.4, you said? Yeah. All right. So let's do a quick calculation here. Three, so three point five overall. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's Are fair. you happy with that? Are you happy yeah, with that? That's fair. Okay. All right. So you had a three point five overall. I agree with you on the mozzarella sticks and the fried ravioli. They were very standard. Mm. Like like I said, three out of five. And three out of five again is not a bad grade. This no. is just like an average thing. This is, hello, American educational system, it's a C. It means you're doing as well as the majority of the people are doing, yeah. which is a fine grade. Yeah. That's why it's average. Yeah. Right. And in the role of the football foods, like, that level, that's like, that's enough that you're watching the football, you're eating the food, you don't stop, it, like, at no point, you're eating the food, it's confident in the football, you're enjoying the game, right. you're satiated, at no point do you go, oh, this isn't good. Right. And also, at no point do you stop watching the game to be like, wow, this, this food's food amazing. Is amazing. Right. You just continue to eat, and you're like, and it just, you know, it fits exactly as it should do. Right, right. And okay. Yeah. I, um, like I said, I agree with the mozzarella and the fried ravioli, three out of five, three out of five on both of those. The uh, pepperoni stuffed bread, I wouldn't go as high as you. I would give it like a 3.8. Okay. And the reason why is I was at a New Year's party some years back in Hoboken. And the guy who hosted the party had pepperoni stuffed bread. And mm. it was actually a baguette Ooh. that had a pepperoni stick baked into it with the uh. cheese in it. And then he just like sliced it and you dipped it in the marinara sauce. Ooh. And that was just, you know... that was like oh my I was like I'm gonna go home and make it but of course you know my wife can't have bread so that means I'm eating a whole freaking you know baguette (laughs) of pepperoni and cheese by myself yeah forget about it yeah exactly so I would give it a 3.8 which um, then gives it my grade of uh, did I say 3.8 yeah 3.3 so my overall grade is 3.3. Okay. Okay. Uh, fair. It's not, you know, again, it, like you said, the, it, it, right, in a way, it's it's almost better not to have a distracting thing hmm. with, with watching the game, especially if you're into the game, right? Because like, oh, this is really nice. You feel satisfied. It was some nice food. Good game. Whatever. Great. Yeah. So. Yeah. Now, for our Wonder Beer, the Heady Topper. What do you think, my friend? As an IPA. 3.2. 3. 3.2. Mm. Okay. You know what? Yeah, I'm... Yeah. That's that's actually a fair one. I mean, three anywhere from 3 to 3.4 would be... I mean, you know, I might as well say 3.2 because, yeah, it's, it's, it was a nice beer. Yeah. It was a nice beer, but I wouldn't. And I especially would, considering, like, you have to, like, 
stand in line for stand it. Stand in line and like, you know, wait. I, I'm still dying to like, I, I'm going to have to talk to Mike and, or Blake and just ask them to save me a bottle of figgy pudding. Because yeah. that stuff go like, I went last, I, I, I think I told you, I went last time to stand in line because they were like, they had a batch that was left over that they were going to release to sell in bottles. Yeah. And these are not cheap bottles. So it's like a 750 mil bottle, I think. And mm. it will be like a $15 bottle of beer. Yeah. And I was going to, they open at noon on a Saturday and I was going to go there and something happened. I couldn't come and I showed up at like 10 to one mm. and the place was crowded already. And then I turned to Mike, he was at the bar, I said, there's no chance that you got any figgy puddings left. He just looked, he's like, he said, we opened up the doors and we sold out of them in eight minutes. Wow. Yeah. And he said, and the line went like out the door, through the parking lot, onto the street. I was like, Jesus, mm. Louis. So, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a good beer, but. Yeah. No, definitely not what I read or anything. I feel bad because it was a gift, you know. Someone went out their way to like. Well, get you know what? Me. I mean, uh, hey, any any gift like that where somebody's giving you like beer or food or something like that, it's always yeah. a very nice gift. That's true, and it's a very much appreciated gift. Yes, that doesn't mean it's the highest of flavors. And let's face it, these things are subjective. Mm. You can't expect everybody to love what you love. No, but I I think in terms of that, yeah, I, I, it's perfectly serviceable beer. Again, going back to the barbecue thing. If it was out of barbecue and this was all there was, I'd be fine with that. Yeah. I'd be fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. So now, <clears throat> what's going on here? Love me as I am. I will say this. I think what this show is about mm -hmm. is about a bunch of people in different rooms just talking mm -hmm. and not fucking doing a thing at all. <laughs> and they just talk. The guys have nice, lovely mustaches, except for uh, Turkish Bob Dylan. The women, the wealthy women look wealthy. The poor women are fat, unless they're young. <laughs> and <laughs> if, I mean, I'm not making it up. That's what it was, really. I, the, the young woman who wasn't wealthy it's wasn't Sponsored fat. by the local Ikea. Where they just it, right. It was sponsored by Ikea, without a doubt. Because <laughs> even like the... Uh, 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 the lower class apartment looked like that little like wardrobe for the clot for the coat closet that looked very IKEA. Mm. So, yeah, I think what the show is really is just a front for IKEA. IKEA is trying to peddle Swedish furniture onto the Turkish people. <laughs> that makes sense. That's funny that you came out of it thinking it was a front because I also think it's a front. Okay, what is a it a front for? I think John? it's a tax write-off uh -huh. for a sex school. Oh my god, a sex school? Yes. No, that's what I think. Really? Yeah. But what makes you? What brings you to this reasoning, Sean? Well, there's been these cryptic clues throughout all the things we've watched. Uh huh. Okay. And there's a common thread that it keeps coming back to. Okay. Is that you know in much in in the same way David Icke would say that you know the royal family and the elites, the world, the giant lizards, they're controlling everything and. <laughs> Hollywood, ha, ha, Hollywood. Yeah, I have no time. I have no time to go over that now. Hollywood, <laughs> Hollywood is a front for a giant sex school ring. You know that the leaders of which are people like Harvey Weinstein and other rest. Uh -huh. And this is just a great example of they're covering up the local branch in Turkey and they're using the have to make this fake TV show in order to you know hide the money and do all the rest. And we 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 might have to like call in some professional help and you know mm. one of these days maybe get like Idris Elba or or, or Michael Caine or Sean Connery or 
somebody in here and ask them what they think about that. But you know, that mm-hmm. is a very plausible theory, and I, I'll 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 go with that. That's a good point. In fact, that's a good idea. We should have we should maybe do one where we uh, watch a Michael Caine or an Idris Elba film, a vehicle, and then get them to talk about the film. Perhaps that is a Jaws. Jaws for the Revenge comes to mind. Michael Caine was in Jaws Michael for the Revenge. Michael Caine was in Jaws for the no. Revenge. Oh, we might oh, have to watch film. that. Oh, that's a film. Jaws for which famously, the famous quote from Michael Caine, it's one of my dad's favorite quotes. Okay. Someone asked him in a press junket for it, and they said, uh, did you see Jaws for the Revenge? <laughs> to his reply was, I didn't, but I did see the lovely house that bought me in the Caribbean. <laughs> <laughs> Well, cheers to Mr. Kane. Or is he Sir... Did, did he get knighted? Uh, I think he's a sir. He's a sir. All right, well, cheers to Sir Kane, because that's as good an answer as I ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, there you go, folks. It's um, it's a front for Ikea or a cover for a sex slave ring. Was it a sex slave ring? Sex, sex, sex school. Sex school, my sorry. It, or a front for a sex school. Yeah. Where, yeah. Okay, so, well, that's episode 21 in a nutshell, ladies mm. and gentlemen. Thanks again for listening, and uh, I guess until next time, yeah? Yeah. All right. See you guys. See ya.